All right, and oh, okay. God damn it, Jeff. False start. I uh, I I think we had a false start. Hold on a second here. I need to dial this back. Till about there, maybe. Sorry, I'm in the I'm in the think tank here. Hey, Eric, I have a, a bulls update. You have a bulls update? Yeah. Well, I think that was a false start, Jeff. I had the wrong microphone on. So, um, we can start over. Quick recap: uh, the police will throw your old decrepit ass to the ground and let your fucking head bleed out on the sidewalk. That's what we were talking about. And right, Je- and uh, Jeff's going back to work on Sunday after two weeks off. What? Among... Hold on a second, Jeff. Alright, so Charlie peed the bed, Jeff. What's up? Charlie pissed the bed. Shot Charlie. So, that's uncanny. I don't think he's ever done that. Playing Nightcrawlers. It's been a rough start to the podcast. Um, what are, we, are, we, are, we, are we live? Oh, yeah, we're live. Okay. Charlie's, yeah, we're live, and the dog peed on our bed, which he's never done. Everything's going to shit, Jeff. Jesus. But we have the right microphone. We do have the right that that that's the start. Yep. So I don't I don't know where we were at. Uh I was listening to Levitard. Have you been listening to Levitard lately? Yeah. It's been good shit. Yeah. I I liked his uh his uh I think it was yesterday or today. And I think it was yesterday, his uh keep your eye on the ball speech did you hear that one oh exactly yeah which was a great sports uh you know a little a little call back to sports for the kind of sports radio morons that listen i guess yeah nice yeah that's 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 the important part to take away from any any of this protesting Keep your eye on the fucking ball. Know why the protests are happening. If you're... If you're oh, Jesus Christ. I just saw that video again. I need to turn the TV off. Which one? The Buffalo guy getting pushed over. Oh. Got, uh, God damn it. The first time I saw it, I didn't I didn't see the blood, and it wasn't... Obviously, it was horrific, but it wasn't... It didn't have that extra icing on the cake. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, holy shit. Because you can just see when his head hits the pool of blood. Fucking crazy. But yeah, go ahead. Keep your eye on the ball. Oh yeah, so keep your eye on the ball. I mean, I'm not doing that too well right now. We are discombobulated, Eric. Yeah, America is discombobulated. So Amer- is- This is a microcosm of America. Yeah. And America is discombobulated. Keep your eye on the ball through these protests. Know why these people are protesting. It's for it's for injustice, goddammit, and for, for police brutality and the fucking racism that's been going on for years, okay? That's yeah. why they're doing it. Yeah, they're trying to pull... They, If you remember, uh, 
and and once again, these are this isn't the point that I came up with, but it's a great point. They tried to. I mean, it's an obvious point, but you remember when Kaepernick took the knee, and they and they did a little trickery on us, a little trickeroo, and they uh, they turned it into a protest against the flag and anti-America and anti-military and freedom and blah blah blah. When it was never about that, it was about police brutality, but they turned into that so everybody could hate him. And they're, yeah. tr- they're trying to do it again. Immediately they're going to try to do it again with the rioting and the looting. And we all know that you know this is just a tactic to, to, to divert our attention and make us hate the black people again. Yeah. And I we'll, mean, we'll, the, the Boom PDT podcast doesn't need we, we don't have the magnitude to issue statements but no <laughs> you, you know where the fuck we stand on this yeah keep your eye on the ball is a is a great way to look at it um yeah so yeah it's it's been a sad week in america for sure it's, it's been sad a sad stressful and that, that's stressful. the reason why my week's gone by eh? but, but i want to ask you this eric Okay. Into wrestling. Okay. Like I've been going to a couple of these protests, and when I went to a protest, uh, you know, I'm the type of guy who, uh, when I put on my clothes in the morning, I take the top shirt off the stack of shirts, and I'm rocking that shirt. This one happened to be Kofi, and I got to thinking, I'm like, well, is this Kofi? It's my blue Kofi shirt that came out last WrestleMania against all odds hashtag against all odds it just has a picture of kofi kingston yeah it's a good it's a good shirt i like that shirt it's a nice shirt but i got to thinking i'm like well you know the the fact that kofi's entire career he was held back like we talked about like the race issues just with that whole title giving in general and it's way past due so I got to thinking, is that appropriate to wear to a protest? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Why not? I don't know. I was weary <laughs> about it because I thought, well, the, oddly <laughs> enough, there might be a mark there who might be offended by it because he knows the, inju- the, the oh. racism that has gone on in the okay. undergrounds of wrestling. I gotcha. I didn't know what you meant at first. Now I get you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, it's easy to be. Uh, I don't know. That one could go either way. Because on one hand, you're showing support, um, for an African American. On the other hand, yeah, yeah. If you were gonna go hardcore, you might just denounce WWE, honestly, for for all for all they've done. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's just history, and and our history is not just professional wrestling history, but America's history is just riddled with, uh. Just you know, complete injustices and just totally. totally shit that's way worse than what went on in wrestling. But yeah, wrestling is just another example. Yeah, so I don't know, but I, I hear you there for sure. But I don't know. So did you wear it or not? <laughs> I ended up changing. He said, "Fuck it." Too risky. Huh? You said, "Fuck it." Too risky. Uh, yeah, I said too risky. But side note, I did like I was telling Wolf this earlier, but um, like black is the general color 
that seems to be the consensus. Like, if you're unsure of what to wear, wear something black. Yeah. Eric Wrestling t-shirts are black. Always. In general as well. <laughs> yes, they are. And I saw a Seth Rollins t-shirt at the protest. I, I failed to get a picture of this guy in time, but it was a white guy rocking a Seth Rollins, the SR black t-shirt. You know what I'm talking about? For sure. Yep. <laughs> so... I don't think that, uh, if, it, if it's the shirt I'm thinking of, that's not a terrible shirt. Seth had some bad ones, but I don't think that one's terrible. No, it just says, uh, there's nothing to hate, it's just design, it just says SR. Unless there's some cheesy uh, quote on the back that I missed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this has got white people, uh, everybody's asking themselves these kind of questions. Like, how, exa- how exactly do we uh, fit in here? You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be an, a strong ally to the movement, uh, but yeah. So it's it's a it's. I think the best thing you can do if you're just in, like in my situation, as just a uh, just a white male in a um, predominant. Well, I mean, Peoria's not the best example, but you know what I mean. Predominantly white area. Yeah. Um. Because Peoria does have a big African-American population, but you know what I mean? The surrounding areas, and it's not like I'm living in Chicago. Right. So the best thing I can do is probably just talking to people that I know. Like, because you, you talk to so many people that you know are racist. Like, just in your everyday life as a white person in a town like this. Cause That's they, true. Because they just fucking... They immediately spill their bullshit, and they they think you're gonna agree. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's 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 assumed because you're white, you agree with their own white cynical beliefs. Yeah. So what I've been trying to do, and not just recently, but for the last ever since I've like become an adult, is to just because uh, I used to just like just shut down like ah oh, fuck this guy like I'm, I'm not gonna you know what I mean I'm just gonna stop listening to him and I know where he stands so fuck him you know yeah yeah uh but now you're starting to realize that like just not being I actually who who said this we gotta give credit to this for uh who's the oh Stump the Meech who's that guy uh John Amici yeah John Amici said that this is a great point. That uh, as a white person, it's not enough to just not be racist, which is a cool point. Because yeah, because you just got you got to go one step further, and the, and that step is to talk to people when they fucking when they say this dumb shit. And I don't know the right way to do it. I usually just talk to them and try to show them the other view. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like here, not then, necessarily call it like we don't want to get Instagram in real life but like well why do you think that I mean or just exactly contradicting yeah I mean if they're blatantly being racist yeah tell them to fuck off and eat shit I guess if they're just if they're just end bombing you and all that shit but if if they a lot of people when they talk it's like it's it's a racial thought it's not completely racist what they said but you know that it's you can feel that it's racially insensitive and it's uh you, you know what they're you know what they're about you know what i mean yeah you, you can 
tell their mantra lying underneath their statements. Yeah, I can see where you stand. So in, in those situations, I've been trying to show them the other side and know why, why this is why you're wrong. Think of it this way. So I think that's the best thing you can do as a white person and, and at this point, especially like in a town like, like Peoria. You know what I mean? Just Let's just try to have these motherfuckers think the other way. Yeah. And uh, Which might actually do some good in this point because I think through all the negatives here, there are some positives. Like there has been a shift. I don't know if it'll last. But I've heard people that I know have racial prejudices uh, at least, you know, at least lighten up. Yeah, at least they're admitting that uh, the George the George Floyd murder was was indeed a complete murder. Yeah. You know, at least at least they're going that far. I mean, that's a pretty big shift from for, for racists. Yes, that, uh, that exactly. Exactly. So that's I mean, what that's. Yeah, that seem like baby steps to us, but yeah, baby steps. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do is just fucking. Obviously, you teach your kids uh, the right thing because racism is learned. But um, but when they get out of your house, they're gonna like we just talked about. They're gonna, as white people, they're gonna encounter these people. Because we've all had it happen. To, I mean, the, a guy will come up to you in the bar and just say some crazy ass shit. Yeah. Just because you're white, and he expects you to agree with him. Uh, bars are a great area <laughs> where someone just... Let me tell you what's on my mind. I'm like, damn, I didn't want to know any of that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's I think that's a good goal for, if, for a white person that's struggling. Like, how do I become an ally? Just talk to motherfuckers. Yeah, try and change some minds. Yeah, try to fucking spit some truth and maybe something will click in their dumb fucking heads. But, uh... I, I, heard, I heard a quote this week, I can't remember who it's from, but it's it from a black guy. It's like, I'm getting texts from all these white people. They're asking me, like, what, what, what do I listen to from you? Like, what, what kind of hip-hop albums can I listen to to start knowing how you feel and he's like literally any of them <laughs> was it any a com- of the hip hop albums was it a comedian Vic Vic. was it a comedian or just it a guy or just uh, just one of the Levitar people oh yeah it was pro- that sounds like a Dominique Foxworth to me <laughs> but yeah uh, I mean hip hop's been saying this shit for since it's birth yeah even before hip hop yeah you know this Come on now. Yeah. That's probably Just why... Taking the scoochie, everybody. Taking the scoochie. Yeah. Maybe that's why we were always so aware of this. In a weird way. Because we were yeah. always into hip-hop, you know? Speaking of, Run the Jewels 4 is yeah. uh, real fucking good. And a key album for this time. I don't know yeah. if you... I don't know how far you got into it, but Killer Mike has a... It's on a... Uh, Damn. It's on the one... Is it called Push? It's the one with uh, Pharrell and uh, Zach De La Rocha. I think so. Uh, he's got a verse. I mean, he's got verses throughout the album, but it is wild. Like, they were planning on releasing this June 5th today, but end up releasing it, I think, Tuesday. And uh, 
Yeah, obviously it wasn't recorded like a week ago. But, right. So it's a great album for the times, and it's uh, it's just it's uncanny. It, the timing on that thing is crazy to me. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, Killer Mike's have come out, made statements and shit as well, hasn't he? Yeah, his his um, his his speech to Atlanta was amazing. I thought. I think it's one of the best things I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm remembering that now. That's definitely worth listening if you, if you want to get some introspection on this shit. Yeah, just Instagram search uh, hashtag Killer Mike, um, and it'll be on there. It's like you'll probably a lot of the thumbnails that you'll see will show Ti because uh, he was speaking right before him, and then it switches over to Killer Mike. But it was a great speech. And I think... But that that was early. That was, like, right in the heat of it. Well, okay. Like, it was maybe the day after, like, when the protests really started. Yeah. But, yeah, when people tell me, like, well, like, I, I just can't even... Like, tomorrow I'm going to have to hear that, and I don't even know how I'm going to react to it. Because I'm getting real sick of hearing about these... How about the protests? It's like, dude, you're, you're thinking about the wrong thing, and fuck them. Like yeah, there's there's people like there's all kinds of shit going on. There's there's far right fucking people like baiting bricks and shit for you know what I mean. Like oh yeah, there's there's shit going on, and then there's just young people that don't know how to deal with their anger, and it's like I don't want to hear about it. If a couple windows get smashed, fuck them. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You're thinking yeah, about the, the movement's much greater than the windows. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't. Mean, not not to align the protests with the damage because I think it is very much separate. I, of my of the protests I've been at, I mean, given these are all in the daytime, but I have not seen any vandalism vandalism outside uh, graffiti. Yeah, it's it's just a small, very small percentage. But if you're if you're a news, if you're a right wing fucking news station, you they're gonna play it over and over, and they're gonna want to. I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, but like I and said, the news is concentrated on the damage because that's what the action is, and not covering the peaceful shit as much. Because shit, how, how do you? Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a wild fucking time in America. Who knows what's next? Hurricane season's coming. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know? You just... But anyway, Jeff, uh... So that was, um... That's been America this week. There was also wrestling in America. Well, there was also some wrestling. <laughs> Very... I aside for a while, but there was wrestling. Of course. And I, I don't think that they mentioned it, did they? Which is a big shame on them. Yeah. Yeah. Did I didn't they... expect them to, but they acted... They were they were living that kayfabe lifestyle, and uh, racial relations don't have issues in kayfabe lifestyle. Yeah, but it is interesting. Did you one more thing on on Black Lives Matter? It's interesting to me that everybody gave Michael Jordan shit because he said, you know, what, everybody, why don't you use your power and your and your reach to, uh, you know, make a change and, and talk about your political affiliations and blah blah blah. And he said, because Republicans buy sneakers too, and everybody gave him shit for that. Yep. But you see all these companies covering their ass. 
You don't see any... They 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 say these bogus-ass fucking statements that don't mention police brutality. Nope. A lot of them don't mention Black Lives Matter. Nope. It's a lot of fucking... We stand for justice for all, and... I forget the... I, I, I just saw the Peoria Rivermans one on Instagram today, and it was disappointingly bland. Yeah, they're, they're not making any statements because of that same thing, because they don't want to lose... Uh, the, they, it's basically the Trump. I mean, let's call it what it is. They don't want to lose the Trumpsters. Yeah. It's like fuck them, dude. Like make a real statement. Why don't you? Yeah, it's not that. Balls behind <laughs> that shit. It's not that real. It's not that hard to say Black Lives Matter because it's it's the most bana- It's the most easy thing that you could ever say. Honestly, I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't get that at all, and I don't think Trump said it either. No, hell no, Trump hasn't said it. Which is pathetic. What a fucking piece of shit. Some kind of leader, huh? Yeah. I mean, all you Uh, have... Obama's come out and said it, but Trump hasn't said it. Yeah, I mean, I thought the leaders were supposed to unite people. I mean, it's an easy fucking thing to say. (laughs) Like, why don't you come out and just say Black Lives Matter? Because you're a fucking piece of shit. Yep, with that posture. <laughs> that's uh, that's that, that that almost ruined part of WrestleMania in 2008 or whatever. I think that's 2006. Oh, uh, the haircut match. Battle of the Battle of the Billionaires. Yeah. Okay. Trying to tie it back into wrestling. Yeah, we can get into wrestling. Yeah, Trump's affiliation with WWE is very annoying with me. Yeah, it can suck a dick. Yeah, fuck that shit. Fuck you, Trump. Uh, so the so SmackDown um, last week. What did you think of the Jeff Hardy angle? So you broke this news to me when we were doing the podcast last week because you know it was live at the time. So the surprise factor wasn't there. And then I was coming off like all all this protesting and shit and heavy hearted shit. And then the first thing that they hit me with is a Jeff Hardy hit and run. We're going we're going back into that. Um, I didn't like it. Yeah, I I, I I just I basically don't like this angle. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think a lot of people don't like it. I think, I don't know. I, I, I think it would, like, part of me just wishes, and I mentioned it last week, there's a there's an evil, there's an evil devil on my shoulder that once, that wishes it just would have went all the way. Like, he, yeah. like we would have just seen Elias get fucking run over, and then he's, like, swerving and hits a telephone pole and just falls out drunk as shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's ridiculous. But I think that... I, I'd rather have that... I just was confused by this one. It's like... And did they mention on the show? Or was it after the show? Like, on anywhere on the show, did they mention that he wasn't drunk? Or did that was afterwards? That was that was afterwards. Okay. Well, we haven't gotten to the new SmackDown yet. Uh, it just happened. So, I'm assuming we get an update on that. But yeah, that, that part confused me. It's like, well then what did happen? I guess he, I guess Elias uh, 
it might be a framing, but a framing, uh, the, yes. Yeah, just I thought they set it up bad. Uh, you had Braun in the parking lot for no reason. Um, he didn't really know what to say. It's like, oh, someone just was over there and uh, just ran into the bushes, and then Jeff Hardy's delirious in the bushes. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, did he roofie him or what? What are we looking at? I have no idea how they explain this as a frame job in that, in that's, that instance. That's what I mean. The frame, I like your aspect, and I thought of that. But I'm like, so what, he roofied him? Or what? I don't know. Uh, I was listening to... Who was it? Uh, Sam Sam Roberts' take was... He could understand why people wouldn't, wouldn't like this angle with Jeff Hardy because we know he has alcohol issues. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he he said, but it makes sense because you know Elias is the bad guy and he framed him. So I'm like, okay, I get that, but I could also see how. No, but breaking breaking kayfabe. I'm sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. I was just say breaking kayfabe that Jeff Hardy has alcohol issues. Why? Why? I mean, is HBK coming out and falling over drunk in 99? No. You, you keep that shit separate, so, like, because... Uh, God damn. Having had... I'm a former alcoholic, and, uh, like, I'm not offended by it, but I just think, like, at this stage of Jeff Hardy's sobriety with his relapses and shit... Like, he, that, that shit's fragile. I don't know why we need to keep the image of alcohol in his head. Yeah, that's fair. We have to. Yeah, that's fair, for sure. Well, that's yeah. breaking cave, babe. I mean, if Jeff Hardy came to WWE and like, hey, this is an angle I want to play. I want to live out some guilt. I, I guess go with it, but, yeah, I mean, uh, none of it seems to work. Like, I, I guess the Elias frame is... A good aspect, but no, I hear you. That's fair. That's definitely fair. That would be. Elias isn't an asshole at this time, either. Like he's a crowd favorite. Yeah, that's true. Is he a heel? No. He kind of is, though, right? He's the annoying guitar guy. Not anymore. I think. I think the crowd. Well, the non-existent crowd turned on. <laughs> Well, I think for the better. Yeah, you're probably right because his last little one-on-one feud was with Corbin, right? Yeah. And Corbin's yeah. obviously a heel, which I had this I had an argument in my head uh, this week, and I meant to ask you on the podcast. So I'm glad Corbin came up. Um, and I think we've talked about this before, but is Corbin definitively is he the number one he- heel in like straight up? I mean, I know they'd probably like to say that Seth Rollins is. But, uh, I don't know, dude. I think Corbin's the best heel they got. Um. It sounds stupid, but think about it. Who else you got? I was, was going to say to the kids, it might be Bray. But, yeah, I would say, like, consistent heel of, of that. Like, you can you can put him on any level. You know, low, mid, or high card, really. Yeah. And I think Bray, in the words of good old JR, Bray would be a character babyface. You think so? Yeah. I think he totes that line. I think Corbin's the best they got. 
Seth Rollins is a bigger character, is a bigger name, obviously, and 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 he's a pretty good heel. And like I said, I've I've been liking his shit actually recently. So I don't know. I guess it's a toss up, but I I like Corbin. I think Corbin might be the best heel they got. I'm gonna throw this in the mix for an honorable mention, Nia Jax, because I cannot, like, I wish she would be a babyface for once, but that'll never happen. She's just a consistent heel in every nature. Yeah, she's got a lot of heat this week. Did you see that one? The With, uh, uh, Kyrie. Uh, the Kyrie, yeah, yeah. Which to me, that I don't, I'm not, I can't ride with you on that one. I don't like Nia either, but I don't see what she did wrong. She threw her into the stairs like everybody does. You know. Where where is she getting heat? Oh, she, uh, Kyrie had a huge like um, wound on her head from the from the. Uh, you know the classic spot where they throw her, throw you into the uh, steel steps. Yeah. And uh, she hit the corner of the steps with her head, and it was a huge gash. And and people jumped on Nia because she's notorious for fucking people up. But if you go back and watch it, I I can't ride with you on that one. She didn't do anything wrong. She just threw her into the steps like everybody does. Like, you know, there was, there was, from the time Nia let her go, from the time she hit the steps, there was four feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, she just ran into the wrong part of the steps. I I don't think, I don't think you can blame that one on her. But she, but I know Uh, what you mean. I I did not, yeah, I did not know any of this heat. I thought you meant kayfabe heat. No, like, remember she was the one who busted Becky open. Oh, yeah. Before Survivor Series that one year. Uh, then I think said you're welcome to her a couple months later. Yeah, she's got she's had a couple of those, and and like we've talked about, she's not a great worker, so I can understand people's complaints. But I'm not, I can't really ride on that one. I don't know, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I I tend to uh, when I when I see her in the ring, I tend to think of that reputation that she has was hurting people because she does tend to woman handle people with a wrestling style i mean that, that that's a hostile that we've talked about yeah you got you got a man handle or woman handle people yeah i was thinking uh, about that too because they always say woman handle i think that's so weird i never you manhandle? i think a woman can manhandle i i never considered that Neither have I. I've just heard people saying it recently, so I didn't know what the proper... Yeah. No, I understand it with equality and everything, but I'm just saying, like, I thought it was one of those things, like, like when you're going into battle and you're like, I got 500 men. You know, they're not all, they're not in all men. Like, there's women, there's women soldiers. <laughs> like, I didn't, I thought it was one of those where it's like, men just means person. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'd be fine with a woman manhandling someone. Okay. (laughs) But no, but that's what everybody says. Like Samoa Joe said it too. I thought it sounded so weird. Yeah, I think that's where I got it because I I just watched Raw. I I just wrapped that shit up uh, this afternoon. Anyway, like I always get sold on on spots and injuries to begin with, so I'm not the best judge of this. But I just 
I see Nia roughhouse a little bit, and I, I cringe. But I, I mean, I'll cringe with a lot of shit in wrestling. So yeah, that, that's my take. I, I'm not, I'm not ready to go against people hating on Nia because yeah, maybe she did. I mean, Kyrie's like 80 pounds. Yeah, well, and and we just don't know because we've never done it. Yeah, that's why it's so hard. People, I think a lot of people are like that, but they're too dumb to know that, so they just talk. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but it's like, I don't know, dude. I mean, Seth Rollins had that reputation for a while. And uh, I've never seen anything that, you know, I think he just got unlucky on a couple ones. But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how the inner workings work. It's still, as much as we know, it's still, there's still magic in there. It's like, that we don't really know. Oh, yeah, but they only peel back the curtain so far, so it's all speculative. Yeah. Um. So that was, I mean, that's all I, oh, I remember the Otis and Mandy, like, comedy skit. So I, I was uh, making something in the kitchen during this. I just saw a quick peeks of them poolside. It was just nonsense. I don't remember it. Okay. Uh, there know. was out of this uh, crazy Jeff Hardy storyline that did affect the uh, Intercontinental Championship tournament bracket uh, and after a lot of dispute in the back and a very confusing explanation we got to a point that made made pretty much sense yeah uh, I actually so like a, huh? I actually like that like I will say, even though, you know, we, we had our opinions on that segment, like going from the Jeff Hardy segment to the backstage arguing, it, I liked it. Just, I don't know, man. I'm so sick of the Performance Center, I could throw up. Yeah. So, like, anything out of there, it really makes me excited. That's a, it's not a bad point. But, but uh, so what came from this dispute was uh, a battle royal of 10 or 11 people. I I don't know. I guess you just stand around and you get in it. Some of them were, uh, you know, uh, past combatants in the tournament. Some of them were just, like, standing there. Like the Usos. You were part of this tournament. No. And I don't think both of them were there. Just one, right? Uh, Yeah, I think it was just Jimmy. Uh, So, about 11 people are going to have a battle royal. And the winner of that faces Daniel Bryan, who was originally set to face Jeff Hardy. So that was going to be the original semis was Bryan versus Hardy, but instead it's going to be Bryan versus the winner of this battle royal. And then on the other side of the original tournament, it's supposed to be AJ versus Elias. Elias is a victim of this hit and run, so he's obviously unable to compete. And for some reason... They don't take the top two competitors, they just take the top one, and AJ gets a pass to the finals. I don't understand that aspect of it, but I'll let wrestling be wrestling. Yeah. Okay, so we get, so who won? So coming out of the uh, tournament, it was uh, uh, Sheamus who won the uh, Battle Royal. I, I don't really care about that, but you have Brian versus Sheamus in the new semifinal match as your SmackDown main event. Uh, Jeff Hardy got processed and bailed out of jail apparently because he made uh, he made his presence be known and that 
distracted Sheamus enough to uh, allow Daniel Bryan to get the win. So Bryan versus AJ next week on SmackDown, or I guess tonight on SmackDown. And so, so the, we do still have something between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And, but uh, Elias is in the fold. Well, Sheamus could be in the framer. Maybe that's how we. Maybe that's how this plays out. Yeah, Elias just innocent bystander. Yeah, Elias was a real victim. Yeah. And you know, Sheamus just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Have we seen a Jeff Hardy match yet? Have we seen what? Have we seen a Jeff Hardy match since he came back? Yeah. He last week, right? Uh, yeah, last week was the last one, I believe. Okay. I, I would have to. Yeah, he took on Sheamus in the first round of the uh, of the uh, yeah, ISIS yeah. battle tournament last yeah. week. Okay. Uh, one more thing from SmackDown. I don't know if you caught this, but the hot dog got on the screen and announced uh, SmackDown's newest uh, WWE superstar, and that's uh, the original bro, Matt Riddle. Yep, I did. I didn't see it, but I did read that. That's cool. I know you're a Matt Riddle guy, Sauce. No, yeah, it's cool. Well, they just need more people. Oh, you think that's it? I, well, I, I, that's fine with me. I like Matt Riddle a lot. I'm just saying, like, yeah, we keep seeing the same damn people. It's true. It seems really <laughs> limited lately. It seems worse on like I'm enjoying SmackDowns more right now. What do you What do you say to that? I stand by my theory that it's different every week and it usually alternates. Okay. Well, who won this? Who won this week that we're covering? This week, Raw won for me. Okay. Uh, not by much. They're both pretty terrible this week, given the circumstances. <laughs> it was. Before we get into Raw, we need to real quick go over, if, if you ended up listening, did you end up listening to the uh, that Tuesday in Texas story? I did. Okay. So. I have not seen the match, though. Oh, well, I did. I can fill you in on that. Okay. So, uh... Undertaker does an interview with Sweet Peter Rosenberg uh, for the Cheap Heat podcast, and uh, so I I went and listened. I I don't listen to cheap to uh, Cheap Heat every week, but if I have a lot of fucking windshield time, so I do have time to listen to people. I usually go to Jr. first. I don't know if you still listen to that or ever listen to that, Jeff, but it's really good right now. That's it. It's popping in the <clears throat> pandemic. Yeah, because he does uh, just recounts either a story or an old uh, pay-per-view or whatever, but it's much more interesting from him because he actually has all the backstories. Yeah. Like behind-the-curtain shit, you know? Oh, uh, ta- yeah, you mentioned that. So if you, if you have time to fill, I'd recommend that. He does a, he's been doing it. I mean, you still get the parts of JR that are annoying, but he does a great job. And he's... Dude, I've been watching, I'm getting sidetracked, but I've been watching old matches and it's like, that dude was so much better at announcing oh. than, than anybody right now. Unbelievable. Leaps and, leaps and bounds, dude. I mean, he just, he he had you there. Yeah. I mean, if a, if a guy was a piece of shit, he would let you know. 
Yeah, his emotions yeah. seep through the microphone. Yeah, he, he made you hate. I mean, he gave people heat and put people over. It's unbelievable. But, um... <laughs> So much better than that. Oh, it's just, it's just, it makes me so sad. When I hear JR and King, I'm like, this is amazing. But, uh, (laughs) anyway, so he goes on cheap, uh, Undertaker goes on cheap heat, and it's just, it's a a decent interview, and then they get to a story called, uh, That Tuesday in Texas, where he talks about, um, how his match with, uh, Hulk Hogan at, uh, Survivor Series was it ninety one, Jeff? Did I tell you about it? I'm struggling to remember if it's ninety one or ninety two, but my guess is ninety one. Yeah, I believe Survivor Series ninety one, and this is back when Survivor Series, you know, was all Survivor Series matches. So the the only match on the card that wasn't a Survivor Series match was this one. And oh, the, I didn't know that aspect. And this was uh, Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan for the title, the big title, and. Uh, he tells the story of he gets to the uh, he he usually shows up to the arena about noon and Hogan uh, being the golden goose and the big shot usually doesn't show up till about four or five and he said that Hogan was already there he said that Hogan pulls him to the side and says uh, hey kid I'm 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 worried I got this neck injury I'm worried about taking your finish and she's talking he's talking about the tombstone obviously yeah. And uh, Undertaker says, "No, you know, you know, don't worry, man. I, I'm, I gotcha. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you high and tight. I'm gonna keep you so tight, super tight, super tight. He, you know, so nothing happens to you. It's gonna be good. So they get to do the match, and um, I went. I actually went back and watched this match. It was, it was a pretty decent match. Uh, he hits a first tombstone, and then some more shenanigans like." Somehow Hulk Hogan like does one of his like things where he gains energy from the crowd like, because he's hulking he, out. He's, he's hulking up, yes. He hulks out after the tombstone, which I thought was just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, come on, it's a tombstone, dude. You don't hulk out after the tombstone. But anyway, well, this is 1991. True. This is not the Undertaker that we grew up with. Correct. This is Young Buck, undeclared Undertaker. Yeah, this is he's he's 25 at this time. And Hulk Hogan is is absolutely the golden goose. By far, he's, he's a legend of the biz. Yeah. So, the finish is supposed to be uh, Ric Flair comes down because Ric Flair's claiming it's his title, and he comes down. He slips the chair in the ring, and Undertaker tombstones him. So onto the chair. So when this happens, Undertaker tombstones him, and he said, as soon as his knees said, all he heard was Hulk say, "You got me, brother." <laughs> Which that was the funniest part of the story to me. You got me, brother. Oh, yeah. you got me. You got me, brother. So match ends, and if you watch the match, like Hogan, Hogan is is selling this like in the ring, like it's part of the broadcast, like you know, like the the classic like couple guys that come out to help, and the refs there, like is he all right? Like you would think yeah. it was, like it you think it was a total work, which it was. But, like, Hogan is, like, selling this fucking injury. So they get to the back, and Undertaker's, like, freaking out because he just hurt the Golden Goose, you know? And yeah. uh, he's like, where's where's Hogan? I want to talk to him. And they're like, he's on the floor in Vince's office. And this this is this is all backstage. Like, I love that part. Yeah. This is all backstage. I don't want people to get confused. Like, this is not part of the broadcast here. Yeah. 
this is like behind the curtain at this point. Yeah, obviously, because you know, bad guy can't go talk to good guy back in that day. No. But anyway, so he's. They say the boys tell him that he's back. He's on the ground in in McMahon's office. So he went to Daddy's office to whine and lay on the ground and act like he was hurt, like the Undertaker hurt him. And he goes in there. And uh, he's watching him, and Hogan's like, somebody get me my phone, brother. Call my wife and kids. And he's, like, acting super dramatic. And he said Shane McMahon turns to him, and, and, and at this point, he said he had to hide because there was, like, I don't know if it was, like, paramedics or what. Probably, you know what I mean, like, somebody that was really checking him out. Yeah. And Undertaker had to hide because this is the days of kayfabe, you know. Like, The Undertaker can't be in there with fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it, it, it's like a shoot-up. Yeah. So, he, he's hiding, and Shane comes over. Shane McMahon, he says, Dude, his head was nowhere near that mat. <laughs> and Undertaker just didn't believe him because he was so shooken up. Like, he thought he was going to get fired, you know? He fucked up Hogan. Yeah. And uh, so he said he didn't get to see it the next day. He worked a house show. And it was just a different time. In your head, you're like, how the fuck did you not go back and watch it? It's like, well, it's 1991. You know? It's nothing yeah. It's nothing like it is today. Like, that just sounds absurd to us. Like, no, just fucking get on the network and watch it. <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, it's a replay. <laughs> yeah. So, he doesn't get to watch it on Monday. He works a house show. Uh, on Tuesday, he sees Hogan, and he says... You know, all the boys have been telling him he didn't he didn't fucking touch, his head didn't touch. He goes back and watches it, head doesn't touch. So he goes up to Hogan and says, uh, Hey man, I, I watched it back the match and your head didn't touch. And Hogan says, You know what it is, brothers, you just, you, you had me so tight. You had me so tight, brother, that I had nowhere to go. And that's why my, my neck got mashed up. So he just totally bullshitted. He faked an injury to politic his way to get the title back. They gave him the title back like the next week or some shit. Under the assumption that Undertaker wasn't ready. Yeah. How crazy is that? And hilarious. Like it's everything you thought Hogan was. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Hogan in a terrible light, but I mean we've been accustomed to that by now as as wrestling fans. You know Hogan's greasy dark side. Yeah. And Yeah, to to fuck over a young taker like that. I mean, this is like you said, this could be in Hogan's eyes, this is probably just any rook. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, nobody I mean, he was the undertaker at that time. Yeah, uh, but I mean, but nobody knew, but yeah. Was he a threat to Hogan? Popularity-wise? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. This time, was he? No, I wouldn't say so. But it, it's, uh, like I said, it's Survivor Series 1991. Just get on the network and then go to the Jump 2 and just go to the main, or it's not the main event. It's like somewhere in the middle of the card, I think. But anyway, it's a decent match. And then the ending is so funny because, like, I turned it up all the way. I wanted to hear him say, you got me, brother. <laughs> so bad, dude. And you can't hear what he says, but he definitely says something. Like you, right, oh yeah, he says something when he hits, and you got me, brother. yeah, 
I can't believe he went back into Vince's office and it's just literally laying on the ground. Yeah. This shit's hilarious, man. These stories are so funny. But uh yeah, go back and watch it. The the head doesn't it it, it clear like he misses by like four inches, man. It's hilarious. It's it's definitely worth a watch. I was gonna say generally tombstones in those days were pretty scary to watch, but Oh, I yeah. just saw one Sacred had him extra tight. He's a golden goose. Yeah, high and tight. Uh <laughs> I just watched uh well, oh, it was it was uh, the American Badass's uh, debut, I believe, and there was a scary one there. I forget who it was, but he tombstone somebody and it looked wild. Yeah, you're right. They, I've seen a lot worse ones for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but I've not been ke- speaking of Undertaker. I've not been keeping up with the Last Ride. Have you checked any of this out yet? No, but I think they took a break. Okay. I think it doesn't come back till like June fifteenth or something. Uh, you probably get some post pay-per-view publicity. Oh yeah, is that what Backlash is? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Backlash will be next weekend, so we'll have our prediction show next week. Uh, I don't know if we have a movie bin yet. Wait, what do you, what do you say? Like, you feel like going to the movies next week? Fuck yeah. Alright, well, well, we'll get a movie bin set up, see what the Magic Milkman Bork has in store. Yeah, tell him since we... we got something. Tell him since we made fun of Hogan tonight, we, we might need a Hogan movie. <laughs> we, we, we can find a Hogan flick. You sure. got me, brother. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> Like, that's what you would say if somebody just fucking ruined your neck, like, could have ended your career. You got me, brother. Jesus. You got me, brother. So, what happened on Raw, Jeff? Uh, On Raw, we just had, in my opinion, some good-ass matches. Okay. In general. Generally speaking. There wasn't anything that stood out incredibly. Um, Mysterio gave an interview from his house uh, based uh, with an injury update. He's got no timetable. Uh, they're asking, they're pushing retirement on him, which I mean seems to be a weekly thing with Ray Mysterio. Yeah, fuck uh, that he, shit. He was unsure about that, but. Uh, Ray will never, for, quote, he'll never forgive Seth Rollins for this. And uh, Dominic, his son Dominic gets in the shot because this is at the Mysterio household. And he, uh, basically, Dominic wants to smoke. This is an interesting angle. He basically tells Rollins one-on-one, an eye for an eye. Yeah. But He keeps teasing this, so he must be, like, trying to be a wrestler. Yeah. Which he doesn't, his body type does not say wrestler to me. I still don't know how old he is. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's probably because he's fucking 19 or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, fuck that retirement shit, dude. If I, if, I knew it was just kayfabe, but if, if Ray Mysterio retires to a no crowd, I'm, I'm done. 
Fuck that. Oh, that's, that's the straw that Camel's back. Yeah, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero at uh, Halloween Havoc 1997. Check that okay. out, Jeffrey. That's some WCW shit. That's oh, that's good though. That was a yeah. That was a recommendation from uh, from uh, that's from Sam as well. He he did a because uh, I guess <laughs> this is a hilarious thing that that he mentioned. I didn't know happened. So WWE like released T-shirts of like the greatest matches ever because of this like. Randy Orton, Edge, greatest match ever bullshit at Backlash. Yeah. So they had listed like 10 matches of the greatest matches ever. So he put out his top 10 and one of them was that. And I was like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be awesome. So I went and watched it and it was pretty sweet. Definitely worth a watch. Hell yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm still against this being the greatest match ever. As I mean, that most... Well, most wrestling fans probably are. For sure, and that's what he was... He made a good point to say, like, that tells you that it's going to be, like, a five-second match, or... It's going to be anything but the greatest match ever, is what he said. Really? Which I think is a good take. That makes sense to me. Because why else would they be... I mean, they're not that stupid, are they? You wouldn't think, but maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Like, WWE is just pulling shit out of their ass right now, which I don't blame them. Pull shit out of your ass. But <laughs> they really are. I, I, think, I think, like, for this pay-per-view, they, they have nothing else to hype it up for. So it's just like, well, Orton's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and Edge is a pretty good wrestler, so let's just call this the greatest match ever. That's how we'll sell it. Yeah. Maybe they did. I don't know. <clears throat> Uh, we got a, on Raw, we also got a U.S. Championship match where Apollo, the new champion, Apollo Crews, got to uh, pick his opponent. And he picked KO, Eric, and I didn't understand that. Uh, hadn't they been, had they been allies recently, like a little bit? They, they were just in a tag match the week prior. Yeah. And then uh, Andrade and... Uh, Angel Garza came out and uh, interfered on both behalf, just attacked KO and Apollo, and basically uh, a tag match came with this. Like, the U.S. Championship was retained by Apollo, and we just had an Apollo and KO match versus Angel Garza and Andrade. It was a good-ass match. Yeah, it was, for sure. Really good match. It was a good match. Uh, another good match was at the top of the show. Uh, Rollins was hosting a retirement party for the aforementioned Rey Mysterio. And uh, then we got a Rollins versus Aleister Black match with uh, Murphy and Theory and Rollins' corner and uh, Umberto Carrillo and Aleister Black's corner. Uh, but you didn't you didn't need anyone in the corners because these two these two were were really going at it, Eric. A real barn burner. Yeah, real barn burner. It started off the raw great, but I mean, there, there's there's a lot of downtime in this raw as well between all the oh, good yeah. matches. Oh yeah. 
Uh, not versus Kyrie saying like you said. We also had Flair versus Asuka in what I thought was going to be the main event. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. I do remember that. Unfortunately and predictably, there was no uh, decisive winner in this. Nia came out and uh, distracted Asuka, and that, that uh, resulted in Flair beating Asuka, but not cleanly. So, I mean, I don't know. I give Raw the edge just because it actually had good wrestling matches. I'm not, not saying that uh, SmackDown didn't, but SmackDown went with the uh, emotional Jeff Hardy angle, whereas Raw just basically, like, all right, well, let's just put some pros out there yeah. and have a match, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's all I got from Raw, though. Oh, yeah, Gronk lost the 24-7 title. Yeah, I thought they were gonna. I thought for a second there that, that that's how they were gonna get rid of that thing. I was like, oh, maybe they're just getting rid of it. Like maybe Gronk just wins it and it just disappears. Like he's the he's the champion for the rest of his life. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a family pleaser, Eric. Oh yeah. No, I'm not saying I wanted it to go. I just thought that's what they were doing because they hadn't uh, talked about it in forever. I thought it like I thought it just became the PR belt after a while. Hopefully, it doesn't fall back into that stage. Oh yeah. We we you don't need a public relations title. If it's the PR belt, just give it to Titus O'Neil. <laughs> He's the PR king. The dude. Him and Big Show PR guys. And, and Mark Henry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. World's strongest man, baby. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have my. I, I think that's about it from Raw as well. Uh, we are getting more uh, friction in the uh, in the women's tag division, even though there are only three teams. All three are on display <laughs> in, a, in what seems to be some sort of feud. You got Sasha and Bailey, who I think on this SmackDown are going to be in a title match. Yeah, they are. But, uh, on Raw, you got uh, Cross. Uh, lighten up Billy Kay and Peyton Royce last week and then this week you had Cross versus Billy Kay in the match where uh, Billy Kay got a roll up win unfortunately but I mean you, you got the tag you got the women's tag division brewing a little bit it's good to see oh yeah yeah they need to add a, they need to add some stuff but I don't know it's so hard but it, during Corona I mean if you can get people to do it I think it. I think it's. You got a lot of time here, and like you said, there's some moments going on in Raws where you're just like, "This is a sleeper." Oh, Eric, that Rollins Black match. I have a note here saying that was all that happened for the first live hour of Raw. Was that the Rollins retirement party, and then Rollins was Black, and then it was just a bunch of fucking filler and recaps and shit. That yeah. was all it was for the first hour. So, yeah, there's time to fill. They got time. We got time. We got time. Uh, I would be in remiss, Eric, before we uh, hop on out of here. I'd be in remiss if I didn't mention, well, first, a Bulls update. I was going to say, we have a Bulls update. Don't forget. I, I did forget for a second there. You want to do that? Yeah, well, let's do it. Let me see if I got a... Okay, we're ready. It's now time for a very special edition 
It's been a while, Jeff, for that 30-second Bulls update. Bulls fans, basketball is officially coming back. Okay, I didn't even know that. The Chicago Bulls are not. <laughs> it's going straight to pl- playoff format? Not even that. Okay. They are getting deemed in what, have, what some have deemed the not-so-elite eight. Okay. Two of the thir- NBA's 30 teams are being invited down to Orlando to take part in the remainder of a eight season, uh, eight. excuse me, an eight game regular season down in Orlando. That's going to start at the end of July. And how many? Fourteen games or so for most teams, and it's gotten shortened down to eight games for the twenty two remaining teams of the NBA. Okay, so how did they select these teams? What's the criteria? So you got your top 16 teams, eight from each conference that are already in the playoffs. And then their criteria claims to be if you're within six games of that eighth spot. But I think that six games is a little flexible. Uh, There's a couple teams that don't need to be there. New Orleans got the pass literally just because they wanted that Zion money. I guarantee. (laughs) Well, not literally. That's Jeffrey's regular speculation. Yeah, but they, they're not six games. They're not within six? They are within six, but they have no shot of getting into the playoffs. Make it make it four games or less. They're sitting at like five and a half, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that, get New Orleans out of there. Yeah. They're not close enough to ruffle any feathers. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, they, they have five extra Western Conference teams, I believe. And so it's horseshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm as a Bulls fan, I am not happy. I know, but they they didn't stand a chance, did they? No, but I mean, I'm less excited <laughs> for basketball coming back because, like, we we got no representation. Like, I, I if they went out and lost eight games, I know this is for safety reasons. The less people you invite, the less chance you have of getting infected. But. If that's the case, then let's go straight to playoffs. That's what Don't I was, get New Orleans in there. Don't get Phoenix in there. That's what I was going to say. Fuck them. But then I, I understand why they didn't say fuck them because, well, I don't know. Because, you know. It's, they, it's complicated. But, yeah. Eric, congratulations. You have officially corrected the, uh, you have officially <laughs> predicted the amount of wins that the Chicago Bulls will get this season with God. 22. Damn, I'm going to give my... Give yourself a round yeah, of applause. I'm going to. Come on. Audience, wake up there. That is unbelievable, Jeff. That's probably some of my best work. Unbelievable. How do you predict coronavirus? A short, uh, short season for the bottom eight teams in the NBA. Among uh, of which are the Warriors who are getting healthy. Wait, the Warriors are able to get in? No. Okay. No, they're 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 on the shit list. Yeah. What about the, the Nets? Bulls. Yeah. No. What, what about Bulls. what about the Nets? Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn at? 
Brooklyn. Shit, I want to say they're already in the playoff hunt. Let me check to make sure. Brooklyn should be in. So we're going to get conversations about uh, is, is Kevin Durant returning for the playoffs? Oh, we absolutely will. Let <laughs> me double check to make sure. Brooklyn is at, currently at the seventh seed in the East. Okay. And you said it starts at the end of July? Yeah. And goes till at latest mid October. Which is just going to fuck everything up for next season. <laughs> so we probably won't see the Bulls in action till 2021 or so. Yeah, so why don't they just... That is that is weird. Why are they taking so... Like, can't they just do it fast? You, you would think so, but... You know. th- I don't know. You'd think if they were going to do... So they're doing a bubble tactic? Like, they're always going to play in the same arena? Yeah, or the same couple of arenas, or whatever. It's all going to take place down at Disney World under Mickey's supervision. Are you serious? Yeah. So they're doing it. They're doing what they talked about, the, the Mickey bubble. <laughs> the Mickey's bubble. Yeah. God damn, dude, that is hilarious. And Disney World's, like, open, right? I think they're about to open back up, yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, no, we're Disney. We got the coronavirus. If you're in Disney, you're protected. Yeah, it's, it's a magical wonderland. Right? Yeah. God damn, that is hilarious. That is a bunch. That is a that is a collection of people trying to make some money. Yeah. They said, that's "Fuck people, this that's shit." Some desperate, that's some desperate rich people grabbing. Yeah. Uh, make that extra buck. That's in these, I'm, in these trying times. I'm talking about all of them: Disney, ESPN, the NBA. Yeah. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah, they just blanketed it over under Disney, and it just makes you feel good. It's like, well, they're going to Disney. You know, they can't get coronavirus down at Disney. <laughs> Eric, on a, on a sadder Bulls note, uh, we, we with this uh, cancellation of the rest of Bulls games, we will no longer get Neil Funk as he will be retiring after this year and being replaced by uh, this rookie who was filled in with Stacy a couple times named Adam Lamy. Oh my god, he's going out on Corona? Yeah, Neil Funk is... I mean, he was planning on retiring already. He was he was on what Stacey King deemed the Kobe Bryant tour this year. God damn it, that sucks, dude. How's the new yeah. guy? So, no, no more Funk. I like my, meat, my, my meatball spicy, Neil Funk. No more of that. Uh, how's the new guy? He's all right. Uh, I prefer, I prefer the Sox announcer. Him and Stacey King really got along great. Uh, but the new guy, I mean, they need to get used to each other. Oh yeah, it'll take some growing pains. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see in, the, in probably in twenty twenty one how he is. So this will, this will probably be the last Bulls update for a while, but. <laughs> Trust me, if there's any front office or trades or shit coming up in the fall, I'll keep my uh, my ear to the ground, so to speak. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for that 30-second Bulls update, Jeff. That was very enlightening, and I had not heard that in the commotion of you know all the craziness going on in America. I had not even heard that, so I'm going to give you and the NBA a round of applause. Go ahead and go to Disney and fucking give me something to watch. 
Excellent. So, what's your predict? Who's going to win the finals? I'm not ready to give an official statement on that yet, Eric. We've been talking about statements, but I can't give a prediction like that. Okay, well, that's good. Gonna... i got to get back in the basketball mode. I've been in COVID and... Yeah, I think we all have. Mode, so... I think that uh, I think that should be the teaser for next week's show. We're gonna have a boom DDT dollar bin, and we're gonna have our official uh, NBA um, playoff predictions. Excellent. So do your homework. I got I, I, I'm between two teams, uh, but I won't say them. I'll wait for the official pick. What a tease! What a tease! So yeah, before we get out of here, I just want to say real quick. Uh, I'd be in remiss if I didn't mention the pay-per-view this week. NXT in your house. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like the old school callback there. There's NXT TakeOver in your house. So it's kind of a play on this whole thing. Because normally it's NXT TakeOver, insert city name here. Since everyone's at home, they're taking over your home. This makes sense. It does. I like it. But yeah, I don't know any details about it. I've been meaning to watch NXT. I haven't gotten around to it. Well, but, uh, if, if you want to relax and get a little... I think Charlotte Flair has a match against Io Shirai. That's the only thing I know about this. It's, it's a triple threat. Oh, okay. With uh, Rhea Ripley. Okay. And then hold on. I'll... That should be good. I'll get the card real quick while we're here. Um, oh, they did the they did the logo uh, like they used to too. Yeah, the logo is the '90s in your house type of style. It's, yep. it's, it's a pretty badass callback. Okay, this is kind of a big pay per view. It's got six matches. Uh, we got Champa versus uh, Killer Cross, which is he's been renamed Carrion Cross. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. So Tomasa Champa versus Carrion Carrion Cross K A R R I O N. What did you? I always thought Killian. Uh, it used to be Killer Cross, I think, on the indie scene, and then, yeah, this girl goes by Scarlet now. She was uh, or no, that that was always her name, I guess. Scarlet. Yeah. Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, like an indie, another indie person that got that's on the big in the big leagues now. Uh, I've been out of the NXT scene for a while, Eric. Sweet Jesus! But yeah, this. I mean, these NXT pay per views, uh, these are your up and comers. So. Oh yeah, I bet you. I'm I'm sure it'll be good. Like you said, Charlotte, Rhea, Io, uh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Okay. Uh, yeah, these are good matches. Adam Cole, Bebe versus Velveteen Dream. Oh, uh, Keith. I, I do declare. Yeah, this is Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna have to watch this, and then six woman tag, Mia Yim. Um, not familiar with Shotzi. Or yep, I remember her. Shotzi Blackheart, maybe Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and. Uh, Mm, not sure how to pronounce that one. A Gonzalez. Or, okay. 
R8. A, a participatory match. What'd you say? Uh, participatory six woman tag. Like, I mean, on a pay per view, that's all a six man or six woman tag is. It's like, hey, we went to get you in the car, but we don't really have a slot for you, so we we'll get you <laughs> down to the six yeah. person tag. Yeah, probably. That's probably confirmed. But yeah, that sounds good. Hell yeah, man. Is that uh, tomorrow or is that Sunday? Uh, Sunday. Nice. And then uh, Backlash is a week from that. Yep. So we got, paper, we got pay-per-views coming. All right. Sounds good, dude. All right. Um, I guess that's it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> okay. Night-night. Night-night. But now I don't understand. Start calling it. Now I don't understand. Good. Huh? I said, okay. 